Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. John chapter 20. Thank you for standing for the reading of the Word of the Lord. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then when the disciples glad, when they saw the Lord, then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father hath sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. For those of you that do not know, I've come to inform you. We are a church that still believes in the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. We believe in the mighty God in Christ. We believe He robed Himself in flesh, dwelt among men. We beheld His glory. We are beholding His glory right now in this room. And I believe before you leave, you're going to have the same testimony. I want to preach to you for just a little bit of time. Then came Jesus. Then came Jesus. Father, I love you. I thank you for what we feel. I thank you for the presence of the Almighty that is here right now in this house. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. In John chapter 20, we find a series of events that lead up to people in desperate situations. Jesus had been crucified and everyone scattered into their hiding places. They were afraid to be arrested themselves for being a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. We find them in Scripture discouraged. We find them upset. They find them living in an unfamiliar territory and zone of life because the one they had put their hope in, the one they had put their faith in, the one who they had anticipated setting up an earthly kingdom, was now the Savior of the world, but now gone, disappeared right before their eyes. They forgot or just didn't understand what He meant when He told them He would come back in three days. But they, what I would call in a pause mode, sitting around feeling sorry for themselves, but now, everybody say, but now, It's three days later, and Jesus has come out of the grave, and he begins to find people living and hiding, 
living in despair, almost hopeless and without direction for their life. We find Mary Magdalene, a former prostitute that Jesus found and delivered. She finds the tomb empty on that first resurrection morning. But instead of being excited, tears running down her cheeks, remembering the events of the previous several days, she finds herself thinking, what's happened? Adding insult to her injury. The tomb has been ransacked. The stone is rolled away. The Lord's body is now gone from the tomb that was borrowed. But then came Jesus. For in verse 15 and 16 of John, Jesus said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou whom thou seekest? Whom seekest thou? She supposing him to be the gardener, said unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. I'll dispose of him. I will discard of, uh, of the remains of Jesus. But the Bible says in verse 16, Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. She turned her life around when he stepped out and spoke her name on that first resurrection morning. I come to this great audience this morning to emphatically declare, and I believe I will have a witness in this room, I am so glad that Jesus still knows my name. Jesus knows what I'm going through. You may have went to the cemetery prematurely. You may have been fighting battles and demons that have sought to destroy you. But I'm here on this Easter resurrection morning to tell you Jesus knows your name. He was there all the time, all the time watching Mary and when she needed Him the most. Then came Jesus. We find the disciples hiding behind closed doors, locked doors, just wondering when the authorities would knock on their door and haul them away, just like they did Jesus. Mary shows up on the scene and told them. She had just spoken with the Lord, but they didn't believe her. They thought she was living in denial, perhaps having a bad dream or a bad nightmare. You've got to picture the room with me this morning where they were quite solemn, fearful, tears no doubt streaming down their face. Fear just filled the air where they were gathered. They're wondering, what are we going to do now? We have invested all of our lives following Jesus and He's dead and gone. No one, no one was hungry. They couldn't eat. Their stomachs were in knots. But then came Jesus. Verse number 19 said, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews, came, somebody say, came Jesus, stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. He saw them 
all the time. He knew what they would be going through. He walked through the wall that day and gave them peace when they needed it most. Aren't you glad today that we serve a God when we need it the most? He can come into our situation. He can come behind closed doors. He can come behind the locked places of our life, the hidden places of our lives and just walk right in and say, peace be still. There was one disciple that wasn't with them. Thomas was not in the room when Jesus showed up. He wasn't there. So a few hours later, Thomas quietly knocks on the door where they were hiding. And they said, we have seen the Lord. But Thomas responds just like most of us would have responded on that day. And I'll read it to you in verse 25. The other disciples therefore said unto them, we have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, except I shall see in his hands the prints of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into the side, I will not believe. And after eight days again, his disciples were within. And this time Thomas was with them. Then came Jesus. The doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then came Jesus back into the life, back into the moment where he would step in in the midst of fear and unbelief and gave them peace when they needed it the most. It was eight days later, but Jesus was there waiting and keeping an eye on Thomas. The doors were locked. The windows were shut tight. But then came Jesus. Jesus knows right where you are, sir. Jesus knows right what you're going through, ma'am. You may not even know He's around, but I've come to tell you He's there. He's right beside you. Jesus told us in Hebrews 13 I will never leave thee nor forsake thee so that we may boldly say the Lord is my helper somebody say that right now with me the Lord is my helper and I will not fear I will not fear what man there's a word from, for somebody right there. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. As the song says, He was there all the time. Jesus is right here. Jesus is in this room right now. Have you ever been someplace and you just felt like someone was watching you? Scientists call this feeling an aura. Our bodies radiate living organisms that can be photographed by special lighted cameras. But the English word of breath comes from the Greek word aura. And if someone is standing near you, they aren't touching you, but kind of into your personal space. And you say, they're breathing down my neck. Ever heard that? Man, you're in my personal space. You're breathing down my neck. Their presence makes you feel uncomfortable. However, when Jesus comes along, 
If you're not right with God, when Jesus comes into the midst, you feel His presence, we get convicted. We become uncomfortable. Somebody say amen. But if you are in tune with God, He comes along and replaces your fear and despair with peace, with healing, with victory for your soul. We like to sing the song, just to walk with Him means everything to me. Just to know He's near and His hand is leading me. I know, it's, I know it's a dreary day outside but He is in this room right now. I know your circumstances where you're at, what you're walking through, you don't understand why. And the, the whys have just overwhelmed you this week. But He has filled this sanctuary this morning. You came into this room with fear and concerns and troubles. But when you started singing the songs and worshiping with this praise team, you probably felt something, man. I feel, mm, man. I, I felt what we call a little doodad go from the top of my head all the way. I felt a chill. You want to know what that was? That was a then came Jesus moment when you felt him, and he began to get. He wants to give you peace this morning. He wants to step in to your dilemmas and say, I am here. I'm right with you. You're not by yourself. You're not grieving alone. You're not walking by yourself. You are near me. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost in this room right now. I don't know about you, but I want the Holy Ghost. I want Jesus. I want Jesus to breathe on me today. I want Jesus to invade my personal space. I want Jesus to come and sit by me and take my hand and whisper in my ear, I am with you always. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will stick closer to you than a brother. I will never put more upon you than you can bear. Come unto me and take upon me. Rest in my arms today. Find rest today for your souls. I feel that happening right now. I remember as a young child we would sing this song. Standing somewhere in the shadows. You'll find Jesus. He's the only one who cares and understands. Standing somewhere in the shadows, you'll find Jesus. And you'll know Him by the nail prints in His hands. In His presence. Or let me say it like this. If His presence makes you nervous and uncomfortable, some of you right now, you oh, what kind of church have I come into? I'm feeling a little nervous and a little uncomfortable. I've got hope for you today. You don't have to be uncomfortable. He didn't rise on the third day to cause you to be uncomfortable. But He gave us a promise in Acts 3, verse number 19. Repent ye therefore and be converted that our sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Repent. There's a day coming. There's a refreshing coming. Repent therefore and be ye converted that your sins be blotted out. Because there's a day coming there's a time of refreshing coming that weight you've been carrying that old heaviness that sin and guilt and condemnation when you repent that nervousness begins to fade away 
that uncomfortableness begins to fade away. Why? Because Jesus is here. His eyes are upon you. He knows your thoughts. He knows your problems. He knows your situation. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He sees every time the sparrow falls. You can't tell me he don't know what you're going through. You can't tell me he don't understand. He's touched by the feelings of our infirmity. The best thing that we can do on this resurrection day is to allow His presence to come into our life and let Him say to us, Peace be unto you. His presence refreshes me. Just to know He's near brings comfort. I love the presence. How many love the presence of the Lord? I love the presence of the Lord. There's something about His presence when He shows up. In Matthew chapter 9, we read about a distraught father whose daughter had just died. When Jesus got to the house, they had already hired the mourners to wail and cry as the custom was and is in that culture. They were crowded around the door of the house wailing and Jesus had to press through the crowd. As He was working His way through the crowd, He feels healing or virtue flow from His body. And He finds out a woman with an issue of blood for 12 years is healed as he touches him. She was sick, but then came Jesus. She was desperate and said to herself, if I could just but touch the hem of his garment, I can be made whole. She said within herself and then came Jesus, and she was healed. I just wonder what would happen in this room right now, in this atmosphere that's already been created, if somebody would, within themselves would say, if I could but just touch Him, I know I could be made whole. Is there anybody in this room that needs a miracle today? It's here. The miracle worker's here. you just got to begin to say, if I could just but the hem of his God. Well, he's not here physically, but he is here by the power of the Holy Ghost. You can stand where you are, lift your hands toward heaven, and begin to declare, I am healed. I have touched him. I have touched the hem of his garment by faith, and I am made whole. You believe that? Say, Amen. Jesus makes all the difference. I said Jesus makes all the difference. The progression of this story, the woman with the issue of blood, is one that's quite amazing and it captured my attention afresh. When Jesus finally gets to the home where he went to originally perform the miracle, people were making a great noise of mourning. And the first thing he does is to tell everybody, get out. Give me some room. Because she was only asleep. And they laughed at him. Sometimes you just got to dismiss yourself away from some folks. Sometimes you just got to say, I, 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 I can't hang around you right now. Uh -uh. The way my life is lining up, the way God is moving in my life, I can't, I, I can't do that. You got to go. That's what happened. Jesus had to clear house. He had to get everybody out of the room to set this up. What may look dead to you what may look dead to me 
is only asleep to the Lord Jesus Christ. What do you mean, Pastor? That situation that may look impossible to you is just an opportunity for God to step on the scene and say, step out of the way. Move out of the way. I can do that miracle. Move out of the way. Get out of here. That cancer is a defeated foe. I died on count. I took a stripe on my back for that. That marriage that looks hopeless. That marriage that looks unrepairable. That addiction that looks final, it's screaming at you. It's literally causing you to be miserable. You just need a then come Jesus moment. It may look dead to you, but it's just asleep to the Lord. That little girl was dead, but verse 25 gives a report, then came Jesus. But hear the progression of miracles. As he's leaving this house, Miracle after miracle, the lady with the issue of blood, the little girl that was asleep, he's leaving the house and two blind men followed him crying. How mercy on us. He touched their eyes and their eyes were open. He turned around and before he could go, you know, just a few feet, they bring to him a man that couldn't speak and was possessed by an evil spirit. When you look at all of the miracles that happened, it seemed almost simultaneously when Jesus came near. When I read this chapter, it's awesome. It's almost mind-boggling. But what I got out of Matthew chapter 9, Jesus was on His way to heal the little girl. But He also healed a woman with the issue of blood. He healed two blind men. He healed a man possessed by an evil spirit as He was leaving. What does that mean to me on Resurrection Sunday? Jesus knows where we are at at all times. The Bible says He never sleeps and He never slumbers. Your problem didn't catch God off guard. Your situation the last two years have not caught God off guard. If we limit our God to being catched, you'd think He didn't know COVID-19 was going to come and affect so many of our lives. No. Yes, He did. He's the all-seeing, all-knowing God. But oh, what God's doing now. I feel a revival breaking loose that COVID-19 cannot, it cannot tamper, it cannot bind, it cannot restrict. I've come to let the devil know the doors of the church are open on Resurrection Sunday. The house is almost filled. Expectation is in the air. Miracles will happen. He might be on his way to heal someone over there, but you can get healed over here. He might be getting ready to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost over here, but if you need the Holy Ghost over here, he can fill you with the Holy Ghost over here. It's hard to tell what God can do when we start crying out. God, have mercy on me. God, forgive me if I could but touch him. When Jesus comes, it makes all of the difference. John chapter 11 tells the story of Lazarus dying. Lazarus was a personal friend of Jesus. When you read the account, after four days of being in a tomb, you can't help but believe that he was beginning to decompose and Scripture would even give allusions to stinketh. 
But when Jesus gets there immediately, Lazarus' sister Martha attacks the Lord and said, if you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. Where have you been? Have you ever been so hurt or in such a bad situation that you ask God, where are you? Where are you at? I want you to know He's on the way. I said, I want somebody to know today He's on the way. And when He gets here, when He gets to your address, things are going to change. Verse 38 of that chapter, Jesus therefore again groaning in Himself, coming to the grave it was a cave and a stone lay on it. Jesus said, take away the stone, Martha. The sister of him that was dead and saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh. For he had been dead four days. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead, came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto them, Loose him and let him go. Lazarus was wrapped in grave clothes, but it didn't stop Jesus when he came near. Jesus said, Loose him and let him go. Somebody under the sound of my voice, you've been once bound with grave clothes of sin. You've been wrapped up in the, the cares of this life. Alcohol, drugs, lust of the flesh, emotional mess. But Jesus wants to come into your circumstances and change things forever. There are testimonies all over this place that can testify what John 8.36 said. If the Son therefore make you free, you shall be free indeed. If any grave clothes, any sins keep catching on your heels, kick them off, cut them off before you get tied up and tripped up again. Jesus came into this world. The why of Easter. The why of resurrection. The why of His birth. He came into this world for one purpose. That was to die for our sins. To save our souls. Our musicians are going to come. And I'm going to close. John chapter 19. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. And the soldiers platted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They put on him a purple robe. And said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. Pilate therefore went again and said unto him, Behold, I bring him forth to you that you may know that I find no fault in him. Then came Jesus forth wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate said unto him, Pilate said unto him, Behold the man, behold the man. When the chief priest therefore and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify Him! Crucify Him! Pilate said unto them, Take Him! Take ye Him! And crucify Him! For I find no fault in Him. They made Jesus drag His cross up the, 
De La Rosa to a hill called Golgotha. They beat nails in his hands on a wooden cross and dropped him into place. While he was on his way to becoming the sacrificial lamb for my salvation. <laughs> he takes time to save a thief on the cross beside him. He makes sure that his mother Mary is taken, up, taken care of by John. What a God. What a Savior. Jesus died for you and me so that we might be saved. He has left this world. and He has gone according to John 14 to prepare us a place for us in eternity. But in the meantime, he is here this morning also, right in the middle of us saying, as He did them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Peace be unto you. Let me heal your body and your mind. Let me remove your fears and your doubts. I'm here today to deliver you. His aura, His glory has filled this room it's here even as I preach. Some of you are feeling Him so strong right now. All it takes is one response from you. One saying yes to the Lord. One saying, I'm a sinner. I want to walk to this altar and repent of my sins. Yes. Yes. I've done wrong, but I've heard today there's a Savior that if He comes near... He'll forgive me of my sins. He'll wash me clean and make me white as snow. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, the waters of baptism are ready. We have robes and we have towels. I don't know of a better day than on Resurrection Sunday that you can come out of a watery grave baptized in His name, rising in newness of life. Jesus is calling your name today. And he's saying to somebody, I've been watching and I've been waiting. Come on home, son. Come on home, daughter. Come on home. <laughs> come on to this. Come on to a place of hope, of resurrection, of life. Hell's greatest attempt to keep Jesus in a borrowed tomb went just like this. And this is, I'm closing and they're going to sing. I didn't give this to the media department, but if you could put it up real fast. In, my, in Matthew chapter 27, verse 64 and 65, command therefore that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people he has risen from the dead so the last era shall be worse than the first Pilate said unto them ye have a watch go your way and listen to these last few words. Make it as sure as you can. 
Pilate was saying he knew what was going to happen. You just make that stone as sure as you can so that nothing can happen. You do your best to secure him in that tomb and not let him fulfill scripture. Satan's best attempt to keep you in bondage. To keep you boxed in. To keep you under that spirit of fear and unbelief and doubt and addictions and what you, the, the, the list could go on. He can make it as sure as he can. But when it's resurrection day, when it's your time to get up, when it's your time to come out of that tomb, when it's your time for Jesus to come near you. I don't care what hell is trying to propagate. I don't care what hell is trying to do to you. You can, the devil can only do so much. He can only make it as sure as he can. But when Jesus shows up, brother, when she did came Jesus, soldiers are knocked out. Stone is rolled away. Victory is being born. Life is being realized by those around. Never to suffer like that again. Never to be beaten again, but forever to be risen as our Savior today. I want you to stand all over this house. <laughs> Devil, you've tried to make it as sure as you could that some of them wouldn't get out of their seat today, but they're getting out. You've tried to hold that pew. You're trying to hold that aisle just as sure as you can. But there's those stepping out of that seat. You're coming down to the front. That's it. You're walking out. You're stepping forward. And what I want to do for you today is offer you the greatest, the greatest gift that God has, the gift of the Holy Ghost. Peter, after the ascension of the Lord, fulfilled Scripture. When he preached the death, burial, and resurrection message of our Lord. He stood in the midst of that crowd. When he was asked, what must we do? He stood boldly on that day. And he gave them the recipe for victory. He said, repent. That's saying, God, I'm sorry for all my sins. God, I'm sorry for all of my sins. He said, repent. Be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of sins. But he didn't leave them in the grave. He didn't leave him in the grave. He said, when you come out of that water, ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He would go on to tell those believers that received the Holy Ghost, for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That's us. That's you and I. The greatest gift God can give you is the gift of His Spirit living on the inside of you. Right. If you've never received that, this day's for you. Amen. Then came Jesus. 
with your hands lifted all over this house they're going to begin to sing the atmosphere is already created he's here he's here father in the name of jesus there are those that are gathered in this room right now they need a miracle they need a touch they need something to turn their life around there will be ministry that will begin to walk through this walk through this altar area and begin to pray when they do let the signs and wonders and miracles begin to be in demonstration that's it young people begin to pray that's it that's it adults begin to pray in the name of Jesus receive ye the Holy Ghost receive ye the power of God unto salvation